When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stacking physical silver and gold is a peculiar practice, or at least I think that would be the opinion of a vast majority of of Americans or or individuals here in the West if they were familiar with the practice. I think the truth of the matter is that a vast majority of people have no idea that there are people out there that choose to go out after receiving each paycheck and, and buy large quantities or small quantities, it doesn't matter, of physical metals. And then choose to store those physical metals in their house or in a safe or otherwise in their own possession. And and just let them sit there for weeks, months, years, decades. Now, you know, peculiar is relative, right? What is normal after all? Uh, But I think that that is the case that a vast majority of people (laughs) would view it that way uh, when they first uh, uh, hear the the idea or the philosophy behind stacking, behind buying physical metals. But... You know, I think maybe some of you guys were in that that boat once upon a time as well when you first heard the idea of buying silver and gold. Well, that's interesting. You know, to each their own. Um, I prefer to to put my money uh, into something like stocks or bonds or real estate. Like, if if you're that paranoid, if you if you are, you know, in in that prepper camp, I get it. Buy your silver and gold. I'm just not going to do that. I'm sure many people, maybe even myself, were once in that camp. But over time, I think many of us realized that, well. You know, compared to some of these other assets, actually, silver and gold have fared fairly well over the long term when we're looking at inflation, when we're looking at uh, the the fundamentals behind many of the common uh, investments that people buy out there, whether it's stocks or, or bonds or even real estate. And then over time, we realized, you know, maybe some silver and gold makes sense, some physical silver and gold. Uh, they, they, they offer a hedge against uh, some sort of hyperinflation. Um, maybe some of us thought that some of these other assets look look overvalued. I'm not really feeling like buying the stock market. I'm not really feeling the stock market at these valuations. The bond market, never mind what the yield is, never mind what the price is, uh, I'm not really feeling it given the huge amount of obligations that, that the U.S. government and many other world governments owe to, to, their, to their, uh, the individuals holding their debt not really feeling it. And so maybe silver and gold makes sense. And over time, you know, we, we kind of developed this philosophy of why we buy silver and gold. It's a hedge. It's insurance. It's savings, right? Maybe some of us are even thinking it's an investment to some extent. Maybe maybe not first and foremost, but it is an investment. The idea that it can go up in terms of price or even better yet in terms of purchasing power. And so we have this idea in our head of, you know, if somebody asks us on a street, if we're talking to our, our friends close friends, our family members, our spouses, children, parents, etc., of, of why we choose to, again, buy physical metals, do something what, that, that the vast majority of the population don't do, buy physical metals and then just sit on them for, for years and years with a decent answer of, well, look at how it's performed over the long term. We want to persuade them. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, those are all absolutely important reasons for why we should buy silver and gold. And yet... I'm also a firm believer that at their core, silver and gold represent freedom. They represent liberty. They represent 
independence. And I think viewing it from that perspective really can change your overall perspective when it comes to silver and gold. No longer are you just converting fiat to metals because now you're not prone to, and at that point you're no longer prone to inflation. Uh, you're not prone to to the swings of the stock market. Had you chosen to to move into the stock market or the bond market, etc., um, you've saved it <clears throat> versus otherwise just spending it on on, on some consumable uh, uh, luxury or consumer good that you're going to quickly use up. Um, you're saving, right? But but once you view it from the perspective of it represents freedom, liberty, independence. You realize just how powerful silver and gold can be. I don't want to overstate the importance of silver and gold. They should not be your the cornerstone of your life, your, your, your only focus. Right? I'm not going to pump them up too much here. I'm not going to, to go overboard here and say that silver and gold are the be-all, end-all because they are not or certainly they should not be that for, for I think, most if not all individuals. There, there's other important aspects to freedom, to liberty, to, to independence, whether it's freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, religion, you know, First Amendment type rights or Second Amendment, right? Freedom to defend yourself with a weapon of your choosing, uh, maybe for the most part, depending on what your view is on it. Freedom from privacy and all the other rights that are laid out in, in the uh, Bill of Rights, Constitution, various other documents here in the United States or elsewhere around the world. Those are important too. And for me personally, I... Where where do I find my the most freedom for myself? I find it in in my Savior Jesus Christ. I find it in God and the freedom that I find in Him from from bondage to to sin. Right, my chains have been broken broken. I, I'm free now. Right, I find an immense amount of freedom in that. And yet, folks on the topic of finances, focusing on silver and gold, I think at their core they are about freedom. They're about liberty. And so once you realize that. Each time you convert your fiat to silver and gold, that it's more than just making a wise financial decision, but you're actually stacking freedom. I think that's a really powerful perspective shift. I think of it this way. Since you were born, without your consent, without your asking, a certain amount of control, a certain amount of your own freedom, over your own life, decision-making, has been offered up to centrally governing bodies, central banks, governments, the elite, etc. through the power of, of fiat currency and their, their manipulation of interest rates, their, the inflation that is always ongoing in these various fiat currencies, um, and the, the uh, uh, policies that have been enabled by central banks by fiat currency. I mean, with uh, a more sound money system here in the United States, a gold standard, a bimetal standard, something other than what we have right now, I think a lot of policies, whether it's uh, uh, even the Vietnam War or even events that have happened since then, the Vietnam War is actually when we still have the gold standard for the most part. Um, I don't remember exactly which year it ended, but but all these other things that have happened since then, whether it's foreign interventions in Iraq and Afghanistan and various other countries, or massive amounts of debt spending on on you know society, on entitlements, on social security, uh, and not to say that we shouldn't be spending on it because people did pay into that, but other things as well like Medicare, Medicaid, um, infrastructure, etc., um, as well as just the 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 bullying that we've done worldwide to to many different countries. I think a lot of that 
has been enabled by fiat currency. And so think of it that way as well. I mean, that that since you were born, a certain amount of your freedom, a certain amount of your, your decision-making ability over whether or not you think as a country we should be doing those things, that's been taken away because of the power of a fiat currency that has been more or less delegated to these centrally governing bodies. And by buying silver and gold, they're taking that back, right? Think of it this way. If you have a foreign country that wants to weaken another currency, or how about this? They want to strengthen their own currency, and so they want to weaken some other currency. Take China, for example. It's something they've done in the past. They do what's called dumping currency reserves. <coughs> they hold foreign exchange, uh, they call them forex reserves or, or just currency reserves. And now this might be the US dollar, might be the euro, uh, the pound, the yen, uh, maybe some other ones as well, the ruble, the rupee, because of their, their geographical proximity, the South Korean won, etc. And then they hold bonds as well, maybe some other assets. But basically, when their currency is getting too weak, they sell those, those holdings onto the market, a certain amount of them. It, it helps bolster their own currency. Um, and, you know, on a larger scale, it has potential to to weaken some of those other assets because they're dumping them onto the market, whether it's it's the dollar or bonds or, or fiat currency. <clears throat> now, you can relate that to your own life as well, that by choosing precious metals and, and thus basically selling your dollars, I mean, it, it, reverse your perspective on that. You're not buying silver and gold. You're selling your metals or sorry, selling your fiat for the metals. Right? It's no different than when China chooses to sell their bonds for um, uh, you know, U.S. dollars. Or sell U.S. dollars, better example. Sell U.S. dollars for Chinese yuan. Right? You're doing the same thing to your own fiat currency. You're opting out at a small level, maybe 15 bucks an ounce, or 15 bucks at a time, you know, one ounce of silver. Uh, but you're opting out. You're, you're taking back a, a small slice of freedom, a small slice of liberty that otherwise... Uh, has, again, been taken away from you since birth. And there's also the financial aspect of this, the, the, the idea that <clears throat> you, you really have two options. Either you can put that cash in the bank, and and now it's it's at the whims of, of the bank, which banks, of course, are, are notoriously unstable, or else you can uh, hold it in your own possession, and, and then it's at the whims of inflation. Of course, inflation is going to act on it. Uh, you know, if it's in the bank as well, but you, maybe you're going to get some interest back on it. Uh, if you have it in silver and gold, you don't have to worry about what the banks are doing. You don't have to worry about what the Federal Reserve is doing in terms of money printing, right? Again, you've regained a small amount of, of liberty, a small amount of, of control over your own life. And, and this is a concept that I think is is not new to a lot of my longtime viewers. It's something I've referred to in the past as the monetary revolution, you know, for, for all the talk that we've had here in the United States or other countries about another revolution, another civil war, right? People rising up with, with rifles to, to, you know, storm the Capitol, storm the White House, storm the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, etc., uh, to, to retake America. Um, you know, is there a place for violence in terms of violent revolutions? I would say probably yes. And in some cases they can be very effective. For example, I would say that the American Revolution of the 1700s was very effective. The net result of that was positive, I think. Now, maybe I'm a bit biased because I'm American and not British, but I think it was a positive, okay? And yet, if anything, I think that was the exception. Time and time again throughout history, when we see these types of revol- revolutions, uh, we, we see one tyrant switched out by, uh, for another, 
one tyrannical government switched out for another, a swing from, from fascism to socialism or, or, or nationalism to communism, you know, something along those t- uh, lines, right? Uh, and, and I think that, that at, at, at the core of this, maybe people are taking the wrong approach many times. And that's why I advocate for a monetary revolution. There, there's other aspects to it too, whether it's information revolution, right? A revolution of the media, of how people choose to consume their media, revolution of corporations, this choosing that, hey, you know what? We, we want to take the moral high ground. We don't want to use government as our tool. We don't want to subdue free speech, etc. And we instead want to stand up because in the in the long term, it's it's in our best interest and in our employees' best interest, right? Those types of things are important, but at 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 the core, I think of a lot of this is money. And if you take away the support for something like the U.S. dollar or or pick a fiat currency, you'll soon find that the government of of that country uh, that that produces that currency has lost quite a bit of their own power, right? You you see it in a country like. <clears throat> like like Turkey and the depreciation of their Turkish lira in the second half of, of 2018, uh, that has seriously put in jeopardy the future of their government and the future of the prosperity of their country, right? You, you see this happen playing out right now in Venezuela. You see it play out in Argentina. You see it play out in Germany back in, in like the 1920s. Uh, that, that currency, money, is incredibly important. And by carrying out a monetary revolution, I would argue that um, it's in some ways more effective than doing something like voting or writing a letter to your senator, your house member, your mayor, or something like that. Those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But again, I think silver and gold, you're choosing to take back a certain amount of power from the government that relies on the support for their currency. It may seem small, right? I think the vast majority of my viewers, I would guess, here in the United States, have an income anywhere from maybe 10,000, 5,000, maybe none, depending on what they do or what their age is, you know, up to maybe, I don't know, I'd say the majority is 100,000 or less. There's going to be people out there, 150, 200, et cetera. But we're talking, you know, pretty small here. And yet, this is something that has a huge potential for growth. Like there's a huge potential for the growth of this idea that, silver and gold represent freedom, then if you want to not only achieve financial goals, but also <clears throat> potentially political ones or, or just societal ones, you want to have more freedom, that silver and gold play a role in that. Right now, I'm, I'm sitting over, I think, 18,000 subscribers. Again, a very small segment of the U.S. population, I think, uh, or the world population. You know, I think some of the larger silver and gold YouTubers out there and the hundreds of thousands, uh, still very small compared to you know, 300, 350 million Americans plus, uh, you know, where I uh, get most of, of the rest of my audience, which is Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, uh, the UK, and maybe a couple other countries. A very small segment of that. And yet there's a huge growth potential here. And, and this doesn't have to be 100%. It doesn't have to be 50. It doesn't even have to be 5% adoption of, of some of these principles, adoption of, of this stacking philosophy. Um, so I think I see a lot of potential for this. Now, I think that the 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 soil is going to be um, become far more fertile for this type of thinking once we have more and more abuses of power 
by the government, by central banks. Once we have more and more economic ruin, once we see more and more people, unfortunately, lose things like their retirement, their jobs, their house, their livelihoods, etc. That's unfortunately the case. Uh, but I think those things are likely going to happen regardless. And and so as much as I think this next uh, economic downturn is going to be painful, as much as I uh, really do not enjoy the idea of, of governments exerting more and more control over their citizens or subjects, depending on what term you prefer, um, I, I do have a very optimistic outlook on this to some extent that, that there is huge potential for the growth of this idea of, of freedom um, from from what you choose to use as money. So I'd love to hear your thoughts in this down below in the comment section. By the way, this is all uh, stream of thought. So if it's a little disorganized, let me know. But you know, I actually thought I did pretty well for like 16 minutes here. Wrote down very few notes. Um, this was maybe the second or third try here. Uh, but, but I thought I did pretty well. Um, if you enjoy this format, if you enjoy these types of talks, these these pep speeches, let me know down below in the comment section. As always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.